You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference of Illinois, and thank you so much for uh, tuning in or listening this morning on our show. I should say at the outset that this program is being taped because uh, Monday is a holiday, and uh, although it is a holiday for some, uh, we have a lot of work to do here. So uh, I'll be working, but uh, we'll air the program on Monday. So we're going to tape. We're taping this a little early, uh, and so once again, thank you for uh, taking some time to to join us here on W. NDZ, 7.50 a.m. Uh, in Chicago, the, uh, what are we calling this now, the uh, Catholic uh, Catholic Radio Hour. Uh, anyway, so let's just uh, do this. Let's make a transition into uh, the topics that we're going to be talking about today. We're going to do uh, a little different today than we normally do. We're going to do international issues, and then we're going to come back to the state of Illinois, uh, something we're working on at the Capitol in Springfield, and then we're going to come back to the city of Chicago, an issue that people may have been reading about um, <clears throat> regarding what's going on in the city hall. Um, our first topic is we're going to be talking about what's going on in Central America, specifically Nicaragua. Um, some people may have been reading in the press lately that uh, there have been some bishops, uh, priests being detained, uh, and we'll talk a bit about religious liberty and uh, persecution for uh, our, our beliefs and our faith, what's going on in Nicaragua and Central America in general. And then um, at about 20 after we're going to switch gears we're going to talk to ryan quigley ryan is with joliet catholic academy he's going to come in and talk to us about what he has seen firsthand um uh, from the children who have been rewarded awarded scholarships under the scholarship tax credit uh i'm sure he'll have some good insights there and uh talk a little bit about what we're doing in springfield and then we'll close the show with uh somebody from catholic charities his name is Brendan O'Sullivan, and Brendan works for Catholic Charities here in Chicago. And there's a bit of an issue with uh, an ordinance that's pending in front of the Chicago City Council with regard to human service providers, and Brendan will give us the lowdown on that. Some listeners, some viewers may have read or seen, uh, read the, the or heard, heard some coverage about Cardinal Supich's letter he sent to the mayor and to members of the city council, and he, Brendan, Brendan will be on to clarify some of that. Um, so that's the show for today. Uh, we have three interesting guests, and let's start with uh, one of our interesting guests this morning. He is with us from Washington, D.C. His name is Christopher Lundquist, and he is with uh, the Office of International Justice and Peace, I believe, right? I just think of you guys as doing the international work, and I don't even know the title of the, <laughs> of the office anymore. <laughs> I, am I close? Right. Yeah, so we advise the bishops of the Committee on International Justice and Peace. And so you have, I do Latin America, I have a colleague who does Africa, another colleague who does Asia, and our director does uh, the Middle East. So uh, essentially we divide the world uh, uh, amongst us. And who is the chair, who is the bishop that's the chairperson of that department now? 
Bishop David Malloy. That's right. That's the right answer. And he's one of ours. He's one of our guys here. Oh, in Rockford. yeah, absolutely. Yep. We, I deal with him often. So that 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 one I did know. Um, Christopher, thanks so much for taking some time. So I'm just kind of curious personally, like, how did you wind up at USCCB? This is uh, how did you do the, the, the sure. work that you're doing? So in, in many ways, each of us who uh, we're, we're in, a, in a sense, we've uh, uh, from the various regions, uh, uh, essentially, we've uh, specialized on uh, on the various regions that we cover for for a USCCB. So in, in a way, um, everyone involved in this office uh, has been in the policy world for, uh, you know, probably since uh, university days. And I've been a Latin Americanist uh, uh, since I was in college. Uh, I, I, I specialized on the region. Uh, I am half Mexican, half Swedish. Uh, and, and so I, in, in many ways, uh, uh, it, it's, uh, and I'm also, a bit, you know, I, I'm also a very committed Catholic. And so uh, when the opportunity arose of, uh, of serving the mission of the bishops uh, in, in their advocacy uh, for the church in Latin America, I kind of, you know, I pounced on it in a sense. I, I, I'm just kind of, the only reason I ask is uh, because when I was in college too, I was very interested in Nicaragua in particular. Um, actually, I've been there. Uh, I've traveled all throughout Central America on my own. Uh, so I feel like, I, I, I don't want to say I, I know the area. That was a long time ago now. And um, so I've always had this interest in, in Nicaragua, and I, and I could never figure out why when I was in college, I'm a little older than you, unfortunately, um, you know, it was the 80s, and we had the controversy with the Contras and the Sandinistas, and I could never quite figure out, like, why we cared so much about this country. That was, you know, it's kind of like Nicaragua is not on the top 10 list of anybody walking around the streets of Chicago here today. No. And, and I actually wanted to just go there and see it, and I, and I did, and, and gosh, that was in the 90s, and, you know, you could still see the dev, the, the devastation from the earthquake in the 70s. Um, so it's a very poor country, uh, strategically located, in a, and there's a lot of political overtones of what goes on there to this day um, with U.S. interests there. So it, I, I just been always been very interested in Latin America in general and specifically Nicaragua. It, well, in, and in many ways, Nicaragua, you know, it is the poorest country, country in Central America, but it is also the last country that has a solid Catholic majority in Central America. I didn't know that. So it's a, it's a very special country in that sense. It has a very devout uh, population of, of Catholics. And in some ways, as you've intimated in, uh, in, in your preface right now, in many ways since the beginning of the Cold War, Nicaragua has been... Uh, um, at the forefront of the great power struggle right. in the Cold War. You mentioned the 1970s, the 1980s. And in some ways, we're seeing, again, the great power struggle, you know, with Russia and China's interest in Nicaragua and the U.S., the, the perpetual um, U.S. interest in Nicaragua. So uh, in many ways, I think uh, uh, your preface is, is perfect because uh, it does highlight Nicaragua as Perpetual, even though it's so poor and, and small, it's perpetually in the spotlight of international politics. I, I could go on all day, but we, we should talk uh, when I'm in D.C. sometimes. I can tell you about my stories going to the Nicaraguan World Series and seeing Daniel Ortega's house. It was great. <laughs> it was great. I, I, it was, I think my family thought I lost my mind. Uh, but anyway, I'm one of, I was one of those. Um, so tell us about what's going on there now. Um, we've seen some stories about uh, some priests and, and believe the bishop, is one or two bishops have been detained and, and so there's a lot going on right there tell us what's going on in the bigger picture sure um and 
So I went to Nicaragua with Archbishop Broglio in 2018 at the height of this crisis. So uh, we're looking at uh, already it's a five-year crisis and counting. And, oh. and in many ways, the situation has gotten worse. Um, the church in Nicaragua is really under siege. And, and she is under siege. Her bishops are under siege, her priests, it, precisely because the church in Nicaragua is preaching the social doctrine of the church. In 2018, there was a massive socio-political crisis in the country. And without getting into, into the weeds of that crisis, what the church did, what the bishops did, was call on the government to respect the people's right to protest and the people's right for a redress of grievances. And uh, the, the, the regime's uh, yeah, response to that was just an overwhelming uh, use of force, overwhelming violence against, uh, uh, against protesters. Conservative estimates uh, say that uh, around 300 350 people were killed in 2018, and also vicious attacks against the church. So uh, you mentioned two bishops. In 2019, Bishop Silvio Baez, uh, um, one of the auxiliary bishops of Managua, he had to leave Nicaragua because he received credible uh, evidence that the regime was going to assassinate him. And, uh, and the Holy Father called him out of Nicaragua. Bishop Silvio Baez, uh, we in, in the Church in the United States, you and me, we're lucky to have him here. He is now actually uh, teaching Bible studies in, in Boynton Beach Seminary in Miami. Oh. But, uh, but he is in exile, has been in exile since 2019. Um, in late last year, in August of 2022, another bishop uh, uh, got into uh, into trouble for preaching the social doctrine of the church, Bishop uh, Rolando Alvarez of the Diocese of Matagalpa. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he's uh, he unfortunately, well, actually, you know, he he uh, made the, the, the decision not to leave his country, but he is now, he has been sentenced to 26 years in prison. He has been stripped of his citizenship, and he has been imposed a, a massive, for Nicaragua, $50,000 fine. And uh, so in, 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 in many ways, and he was the one, he, he was offered a place on the, on the charter flight that brought the 222 exiles last week. So last week, uh, as you know, 222 uh, political prisoners arrived in America from, uh, from Nicaragua. And, uh, uh, and he decided to stay in his country. He just did not accept um, the, uh, the in, in many ways, the preposterous terms of that exile. We're very happy to have uh, the 222 prisoners here in our country. Amongst them, we have 11 priests, one deacon, and a few seminarians. These are fantastic people. We're very lucky to have them. But uh, the, the terms of their exile are absolutely itself a violation of their human rights. They have been completely stripped of their citizenship and uh, and essentially, you know, dumped on our doorstep. Again, we're very lucky to have them, but uh, even their liberation was actually a violation of their human rights. With the loss of that many uh, priests and, and, and others, are there enough priests remaining in, in Nicaragua to administer the sacraments and keep the church functioning? I mean, we now have 
I take there's only two bishops in in the country. I take it there are two dioceses, or are there more than that. So oh no no no. no. Okay. So so we have <clears throat> a, uh, there are two bishops who have a, 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 in essence gotten in trouble with the government. Right. One of them is now in Miami, and the right. other one is imprisoned right. in in Nicaragua. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, actually Nicaragua has uh, uh, it has a because it has such a large Catholic population. Um, it, like everywhere else, needs more priests, but uh, but there are uh, sufficient priests and bishops uh, okay. uh, to serve the country. Okay. Where where do you think this is going? Um, with the political party in power not seeming to budge, um, are, where, where, where is this going? Sure. Um, it, okay, so... Uh, the political party in power, uh, essentially, it's the the Sandinistas, uh, uh, yeah. Daniel Ortega, and uh, and his wife Rosario Murillo, who uh, have been in and out of power since the 1970s, mm-hmm. and and uh, and since the 1970s, um, the Sandinistas have had a, a, a what I like to call a a political messiah complex, and in many ways they have always tried to assimilate into their political leftist movement the the very fervent religiosity of the catholic faithful in nicaragua and and so in in if uh, i mean we could go several several ways with a possible question as to where this is going but the intention of the regime is essentially to intimidate the church into silence right into uh, into not uh, uh, into not holding the regime accountable for its uh, human rights violations, its political rights violations, etc. Um, so, in in the church in Nicaragua, though, stands is is, uh, is standing tall, and uh, and the Nicaraguan bishops themselves uh, um, are not giving in. I mean, that doesn't preclude uh, uh, the the virtue of prudence uh, when it comes to statements uh, and the like, but. Uh, um, the the Nicaraguan Church uh, is just extremely resilient and uh, and extremely faithful. So uh, and so in I, and and because of that, I I think uh, we uh, we we should be cognizant here in the U.S. Uh, um, you know to pray for the Church in Nicaragua and in many ways to see them as uh, as great examples of steadfast uh, um, yeah. fervor in the faith. Yeah, I, I, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this because I I. I, I, I will answer my own question now. I tell you where this is going is the church is not going to change. It's not going to back down. We're going to be here, whether it's the Sandinistas, Ortega, or uh, you know any, any other form of government shows up, uh, that's going to continue. And, and, I, and I just wanted to think out loud here is like, is there anything that, that we should be doing here? You mentioned praying for the church in Nicaragua. Um, is there anything else we should be doing here in Chicago or elsewhere that you know would bring more? I, I think we need more attention to this issue. Is my point? But is there anything else sure. we should be doing or could be doing? It, yes. So uh, um, I would say you know number one, pray, and uh, number two, you know if uh, there the Catholic Charities response nationwide uh, has been absolutely phenomenal, and uh, I would I would encourage anyone who uh, is interested in uh, in uh, um, you know, making a, a monetary contribution to uh, uh, to the various funds that might be cropping up in the next few days. I would say call your 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 local Catholic charities, and they may be able to direct you um, to to how you can uh, you can assist uh, materially. 
uh, it, it's interesting. You know, I, I I think it's always one of the interesting parts about working for the church and what I do is I'm so focused on Springfield and bills pending for the legislature. But it's nice just as a, as a as a lay Catholic and also somebody who works for the church to know that you know that term of universality is really applicable here. That there's people like you out there. Uh, that that we're not just concerned about you know what happens in our local backyard, but we are concerned about what happens to our neighbor, our, our neighbors, if you will, in, in Nicaragua, um, who are going through persecution, and that the church in the United States and you're in D.C. is is trying to organize this, put attention to this, and and do what we can from from our vantage point, and it's really kind of nice to to see that. Um, one one final thought is like the other Central American countries uh, are they uh, how how does that affect them at all? I mean, I know they're all different governments and they're very different, but mm-hmm. I mean it, it, the Panamanians, the Costa Ricans, and that kind of thing are they are they watching this too? Absolutely, and and in fact, uh, actually, the entire Western Hemisphere is watching this. Uh, uh, you have, yeah. uh, you know, you, you have left leftist countries, uh, leftist governments in other countries in Latin America, and even they have condemned the uh, the actions of the Ortega Murillo regime. And Costa Rica has been absolutely phenomenal in taking in many of the Nicaraguan refugees. Um, it's uh, this uh, this is and. It, yes, you, you mentioned the, the universality of the church. I mean, that's the very that's the, the meaning of the very name Catholic. Right. And uh, in the midst of this uh, Eucharistic revival that we're living through, um, in in uh, you know, it's uh, through the through the Blessed Sacrament, we come into a living communion with the entire church and with our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. So, I, I in in many ways. Um, in uh, we we are one, and uh, that's why I tell everyone that I talk to about uh, about this. We are very gl- happy to have uh, these priests with us, these uh, uh, Nicaraguan exiles. They are showing us what it means to be a persecuted mm-hmm. church. And if we, if we remember from church history, that is precisely what uh, what the early Christians, in many ways, right. sometimes even sought after. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. God bless you. It's it's an interesting topic. Thank you so much for coming on here. I I, I was your intro was interesting that you, you are uh, 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 the son of, of of Mexican and and Swedish. So I guess if you add Mexico and Sweden by divide by two, you get Nicaragua. Is that what? <laughs> 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 so uh, hey, you never know where you're going to wind up, right? Christopher. Uh, that's right. Christopher, thanks so much. When uh, we will we'll keep Thank following you. this and watching this, and uh, we'll pray for the best of the people of uh, of of Nicaragua and also. Remind people about the Catholic Charities' possibility of donating there for relief for them for their for their needs. Great, thank you so much. Thank you. Great, thank you, Christopher. Christopher Lundquist from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, the Office of International Justice and Peace. Uh, this is Bob Gilligan. Don't go away. We'll be right back. <laughs> 